0: It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. Another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast, breaking down districts one and two week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, our North Idaho resident and expert, Ryan Skaggs. Skaggs, what's going on?
1: Not much. Just uh, living the dream. You I had to get my, my daily dose of prognostication and read your bubble watch um article this morning which was i know that we will get to but very well done
0: spoiler so. alert the bubble watch is kind of a bummer for north teams north idaho <laughs> teams there's a lot of bad news in there for north
1: <laughs> yeah idaho yeah. team but yeah no other than that uh not but- a, just uh just just living the life man
0: Definitely. Well, yes, the bubble watch part three, the third and final installation of the bubble watch, which again is an exercise in if the playoffs ended today for football, who would be in, who would be out? What would the matchups be? That is on the homepage at idahosports.com. And before we get to football, though, let's talk about uh, postseason going on for other sports. Uh, State soccer is happening this week. Last night on idahosports.com we did a live state tournament preview show myself and christian wiener we broke down all the brackets gave players to watch boys and girls did it all if you missed out on the live broadcast it is available on the idahosports.com youtube channel facebook page and twitter account it's also in your podcast feed so if you are somebody who downloads the north idaho prep cast every week on your favorite podcast catcher It's in there. I put it in there, the state soccer preview. So all your soccer info, you're going to get right there. I will say there's a really good chance we're talking about maybe a couple of state champions or at least teams that went on very deep state runs. When you look at Sandpoint and boys and girls, Lake City and boys and girls, Coeur d'Alene boys, Coeur d'Alene charter. uh, I mean, there's a lot of good teams representing the North at state soccer. So,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be an exciting weekend for sure. Um, and you know, even up here in North Idaho, hosting um, the forays, which is pretty cool too, at a, at a great facility at, at Real Life. The fields are, you know, weather going to be cooling off this weekend, so Saturday should be interesting. Um, as we're looking like highs, I think below fifty, which we're going from. So yesterday it was seventy-five degrees to fifty degrees this weekend, so a little bit of a temperature shock. Um, but yeah, it should it'd be on turf, so obviously field conditions aren't really going to be an issue.
0: Well, I'll tell you right now. If the weather isn't perfect up in North Idaho, we're gonna hear about it from everybody else. Ah, oh, this is why North Idaho shouldn't host anything,
1: yeah. <laughs> Boo-hoo. Anyways, yeah, River.
0: <laughs> I got to, yeah. yeah that there's, happened.
1: There's never clouds or anything else around the state of Idaho, you know. So
0: yeah, ex- exactly. So anyways, all your state soccer action will be on that state soccer preview show. Let's talk about district volleyball, though, man. Because there's oh man, there's been some interesting developments. Uh, especially last night in in district volleyball. So again, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, I'm going to share my screen. Uh, You can see the brackets on the video. Maybe make your screen full size so it's a little easier to see them. Um, If you're listening audio only, don't worry. We've got all the district brackets on the homepage at idahosports.com, and you can follow along there. Uh, Let's just start with the the biggest classification because that's a, a done deal already. We've got a district champion in 5A. It is the Post Falls Trojans, the two-seed. They came in as the preseason favorite, um, stumbled a little bit, and not even stumbled, just lost some matches against quality teams. They took on Lake City in the district championship last night and um, won 3-0 in the sweep. So now you've got Coeur d'Alene and Lake City meeting on Thursday night with the winner advancing to a state play-in match.
1: Yeah, and those, you know, obviously Post Falls, And Lake City have been kind of back and forth all year. I think that, you know, it's 1A and 1B looking at just what they've done, especially their non-conference slate. Um, Both teams having a lot of success. And the Trojans coming out on top, I think, you know, it didn't go to chalk, obviously. um, But I I don't think it surprises anyone that the Trojans won the district title. Um, And what a year for post-fall sports already this fall. So uh, hats off to the Lady Trojans, and volleyball headed to state. Um, and I think both these teams, you know, either, you know, if, if Lake City wins out and beats Coeur in the play-in game, I like Lake City's chances um, in a play-in uh, to find their way into the state tournament as well. But I like post-falls, you know, finding some hardware at state as well.
0: Yeah, it's uh, really exciting to see the Trojans get there um, after being so battle-tested throughout the year. And again, the uh, state tournaments will be seeded according to your max preps rankings, uh, regular season rankings, Post Falls would be the three seed at state um, and could move up to the two seed, depending on what happens with Lake City, because Lake City actually finished ahead of Post Falls in the max preps rankings. Uh, Lake City was two, Post Falls was three, but either way, uh, very good seed setting up for the teams up north. Um, should they get there let's talk about foray the uh, the opening blow was delivered last night where sandpoint defeated or sandpoint took on moscow watch this i'm gonna update the bracket in real time moscow <laughs> defeated moscow yes three nothing they swept sandpoint so now they get to take on lakeland on thursday night um and the winner of this wins the district so pretty exciting we we still like Lakeland though.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like Lakeland coming out of the bracket there and um obviously there's a tall task once they get to state with a couple of the top teams there but certainly could find their way into a uh, a placing match for sure.
0: Yeah, and Lakeland is going to get a bottom seed, you know, if they get to state, you know, you're looking at 7-8 you know, maybe six, if some other teams lose out Moscow, pretty much in the same boat there. In fact, they were eight and nine, uh, in the regular season, max preps rankings. So a lower seat for whoever wins this district here. Okay. Um, we had Bonner's ferry and Timberlake in a best of three series that started on Monday. Who won the first matchup? We don't have it on our bracket. I think we have it in our scores though. Um, bonners ferry the overwhelming favorite certainly um they swept the regular season series with timberlake and they did win that first matchup three nothing so they play again tonight if bonners ferry wins they win the district title
1: badgers another another school having success in fall sports too so uh boys football undefeated soccer's you know had a great season and uh now you're seeing volleyball having a great run as well I, i like the badgers here um I think they come out obviously with the sweep of the regular season. You got to go chalk and, and and ride that wave. Um, I think they could, you know, make some noise at the state tournament for sure.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, Bonner's Ferry, um, again, if they get to state, they would be a lower end seed, you know, probably six, seven, eight, something. But around. not a team
1: I don't think anybody necessarily wants to see and draw on the first or the second round. So, right. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's like a deception that, you know, it's just for the sake of having to schedule the way they do. Uh, much like the 4A is playing a ton of 5A teams and racking up a few losses, but um, I think they're both battle tested. So, I mean, it's, you know, I don't really look at them as they're not your typical like eight seed. Right.
0: Definitely. Um, let's look at the 2A Central Idaho League. This was the last district tournament to get started uh, up north. It started on Monday. Uh, they had to wait until the matches on Saturday were finished to officially. Uh, get this bracket put together. It was the one bracket we didn't have on our website on Monday. And boy, did we hear about it. Well, <laughs> I had to, <laughs> I'm a little salty about that. If you couldn't tell,
1: fans <laughs> are listening to the calm down.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, it's not like I didn't put the bracket up because I, I mean, said, yeah, screw you guys. You like, were in
1: a Twitter space until like 1230 your time Friday. Tonight. so get i mean cut brandon some slack Let's- <laughs> yeah
0: like give me a break here um anyways this started on monday um you've got basically one versus two in the district uh title match saint mary's and kellogg on the backside it's it's grangeville and Orofino. those matchups will take place tonight one bid to state um and you know saint mary's is the favorite you know Kellogg is certainly capable of pushing them, though I think.
1: Sure, sure, and Saint Mary's had a great run this year so far. That um, can they continue? That's a question. I mean, Kellogg, like you said, they're a very capable program and team, and they've got a great lineup. Um, so it'll be. I mean, if an upset does take place, I don't think anybody would necessarily be surprised. But I think the loggers, or sorry, uh, yeah, have a or the lumberjacks have a. <laughs> I'm thinking potlatch for a second. Um, yes. Yeah, the lumberjacks are, certainly have their. Uh, their eyes on on a state bid here and hopefully they don't look past uh look past kellogg
0: yeah saint mary's uh still undefeated they went undefeated in in regular season play what did that do for them in the max preps rankings should they advance to state not enough (laughs) there they would be they would be the three seed um if state started and the Lumberjacks were there. Melbo would be the one seed. They also went undefeated, and Ryrie would be the two seed. Um, they only had one loss, so uh, pretty good company. I think the 2A volleyball tournament is the one that's going to be most wide open, certainly. For sure. Yeah. And again, uh, just to rant for a second about Max, Preps. this has nothing to do with North Idaho, but in, in the 2A rankings, Westside was four, Malad was five, Malad beat West side twice in the regular season. How does West side still get ranked ahead of Malad? <laughs> How does that happen?
1: Yeah. There's a lot of that that's going on though statewide that I think you can start complaining about too. Cause we did see that in basketball last year too. Um, so there's, yeah, it's
0: <laughs> anyways, yeah, oh. I'm,
1: I'm going to play the fifth here. So. <laughs> yeah i think we know how that happens but we don't yeah
0: no nobody does There's that's, imaginary the, that's the problem
1: yeah it doesn't make any sense to me i don't know if they're they have to wait extremely heavy on out of conference scheduling i think that i don't know if that's what's coming into play but we're seeing it kind of show up here and there i mean you can see it in um you know for a football which we'll talk about um you've got you know obviously wins and losses and you you, you have to schedule up because scheduling makes a huge difference. So in these max preps ratings, so I don't know if that's what's yeah. what it's coming down to. That might be it. So
0: definitely. All right. Well, that's the two A. let's go to one a D one where this was the, the shocker of the night. So we talked about all year long Genesis prep was such a strong team. They end up tied with Wallace for the regular season title. Wallace wins the, the league crown on a tiebreaker. Um, yep. I believe because Wallace beat Genesis prep in four sets and G prep had to beat Wallace in five sets or so- something like that. It came down to the number of sets one. So Wallace gets the buy G prep has to play lakeside last night and major props to the Knights. They took yep. G prep to the wire and one, three to two and knock out Genesis prep. What a win for lakeside.
1: Yeah, that's a huge win. And I mean, an upset, I don't think a lot of people, necessarily saw because i mean you look at what happened in the regular season um but you know genesis prepped the perennial <laughs> perennial young team uh <laughs> that we always talk about um i just you know sometimes you just run into it's not your night and i think that's what the no pun intended um <laughs> but it, that's what they, they ran into you know was that it just wasn't their night last night and lakeside showed up and um you know, ended up getting earning the victory. I don't think anything was given away, but yeah, kudos to Lakeside.
0: Yeah. The quarter press had a great write up about this. Uh, 15, 13 was the score in that fifth and final set. Mm -hmm. Um, Ariana Javier Gore, one of my favorite players, uh, because she's got an awesome name, but she's also a very good basketball player for Lakeside. Um, Mm -hmm. she, she had six kills, 18 digs. Martina Rivera had seven kills, 14 assists, two aces for Lakeside. So, uh what a win for the for the knights. And now, you know, can they do it twice? I don't know. What well, Wallace is tough. Um, it's looking like Wallace now has an easier path to state.
1: Yeah. I mean, we were looking at, you know, the Genesis prep and Wallace match for for district title, but um certainly the miners, I don't think they're gonna be overlooking Lakeside by any means, like after what what happened last night. Can the can the knights continue it? You know, can Magic strike twice and Be able to uh, push them to the wire. I think that's going to be the test. If Lakeside can make it tight late, you know, volleyball is one of those games that it's a it's a game of rhythm, and anything can happen. You get into a fifth set, and you're on a roll. Like confidence plays into it,
0: definitely. Um, And I will say that should Wallace get to state, they most certainly will be the eight seed. Um, They're eleventh in the Max Preps regular season rankings, which again pros and cons to that and so wallace would be the eight seed let's check out the white pine league district two what's going on there this is nuts dude lewis and clark uh state has been hosting the the white pine d1 and d2 tournaments simultaneously there's like double court action nonstop the whole way it's been like crazy to try and follow all of this
1: it's an awesome facility though if you haven't if people statewide haven't seen it it's such a great facility kind of tucked away that is unknown in lewiston and Um, you throw that in with Lewiston high school's new facility. Like there's two amazing spots for, for high school athletics to play, but yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, so you've got, and we've talked about what a, just a slobber knocker of a conference this has been all year. You've got Troy, the one seed taking on Genesee, the three seed. Genesee got potlatch on Monday night, three to one. So now you've got potlatch and Logos meeting on the back end of the bracket. The winner of that will get to challenge the loser of Troy and Genesee. This is all happening tonight. Only yep. two bids available. So between Troy, Genesee, Potlatch, and Logos, two really good teams are going to be stuck at home.
1: Yeah, and Logos jumped out to 1-0 lead on Troy to start that match. And then Troy came back and beat him in straight sets. But, um, you know, the, Logos is capable of, of of playing some quality volleyball. Um You know, we know what Genesee has been historically in Potlatch. I I like Troy to win it outright. Um, You know, but you end up with that that Potlatch. um, You know, if we end up with like a Potlatch-Genesee match, that's (laughs) going to be a barn burner of a volleyball match uh, for the birth to state. But Potlatch, you know, Logos is going to say, hey, not so fast, you know, that you got to get through us first. So it should be an interesting uh, couple of matches tonight. I like that. That championship match should be pretty good, too. Uh, between yeah. Genesee and Troy,
0: yeah, and you know I misspoke earlier when I said Wallace would be the eight seed. Wallace actually is probably going to be like the sixth seed as I look at things because the District Three is so not good that um, <laughs> the two the two teams from District Three will be your your seven and eight seeds. So Wallace would be six as I look at the Max Preps rankings for the regular season. Troy was number one, Potlatch two, Genesee three, Logos five.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean it's it's a shame that only two bids come out of this league because it, it is so extremely strong. Yeah. And you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm I'm kind of this is the one year I would say that the crossover match I'm kind of disappointed it's not taking place and I'm glad that the one district 1 team gets their bid locked in. But if you could ever make a case for a crossover for a play in this might be the year <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll stay. you know, I, I really got up on that Hill last year, so I'll, I'll stay on that Hill. I, I do think the district one champ deserves to. Yeah. And I'm with and you there.
1: I just think that you look at either of these teams behind them. Gosh, darn, they're so good too. <laughs> so know. it's, it's, yeah.
0: Uh, well, expanded playoffs? No, we wouldn't.
1: We wouldn't we'll, 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 an <laughs> week. We're gonna get the Southern Idaho folks.
0: In on that I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want
1: to. P- Idaho fans are waiting there, licking their chops. <laughs> Felt the disturbance I in the force.
0: I don't. I don't want to poke that hornet's nest. uh All right, let's talk about D two. Uh, district one was last night at North Idaho College uh Mullen beats uh three nothing Mullen will now take on Clark fork in the championship on Thursday uh I think we both like the Wampus cats here
1: yep plus I just like the mascot <laughs> yeah
0: well I mean we talked about last year where Clark fork won this part of it and then had to go do the play-in game yeah. um, against the district two uh runner-up and they didn't have their coach. It was kind of an emotional day. The assistant coach had to step in and lead them and it just didn't work out. And so for yeah. Clark Fork, I'm very glad that they have the chance to just earn the district title and earn that state bid outright because it was weird not seeing them at state last year. They're such a perennial participant. So,
1: yeah. So it'll be, I like Clark Fork there and, you know, not having to play a Deary or somebody like that, or, you know, St. John Bosco certainly helps out this cat's hopes and get that locked automatic bid.
0: Definitely. All right. Let's talk about speaking of Deary, Ryan, you called it last week. You said I would be on the lookout for Deary. They are a tough team. They've got some tall athletes and it is Deary that has set themselves up for a, a championship win. Either either way, they're going to state. Um, yep. This was a, a crazy tournament right away. St. John Bosco beats Kendrick, the one seed on Saturday, 3-2. Knocking the tigers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just nuts, right? Good for the Patriots. They started so hot at the start of the year and then kind of backslid as the season ended, but what a win for the Patriots. In fact, Kendrick met up with St. John Bosco on the consolation side of the bracket last night and got revenge three, nothing. So now it's Kendrick and Deary tomorrow night for the championship. Either way, both teams go into state.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I like the tigers here. I think Kendrick got their wake up call. um, I don't want to say coasting by any means, but, you know, it's kind of nice to get that one out of the way. It doesn't hurt you necessarily if you find your way to back to the championship match, um, but it, it can do, I think, more good than harm um, by losing that first match play and playing the rest of the way through the back end of the bracket. Um, Deary's, you know, solid program too. I said keep your eye on him, and uh, I think they're going to push Kendrick. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to a tiebreak, um, but uh, I like the Tigers.
0: Yeah, if, if if everything works out the way we think it will, um, Kendrick would be the five seed at state. You would have then Deary as the seven seed and Clark Fork as the eight is probably how that would end up shaking out for the teams up north. So, and again, it's all based on regular season. Doesn't really matter what happens here. Kendrick will yep. be a higher seed than Deary at state, regardless of what happens. So that's uh, that's district volleyball, man. Next week we're gonna we're gonna plan on having a live state volleyball preview show just like we did with, with state soccer we're still hammering out the details on that so so stay tuned for that um okay now let's get to football ryan where well a lot of teams up north have to win this week there's there's not very many at large bids available for the teams up north i guess we'll start with the the obvious in 5a where it's a game we're gonna have friday night on idahosports.com quarter lane at lewiston both teams have to win to get in. There's no yeah. there's no path to an at-large bid for either one of these teams.
1: No, that's going to be the automatic on the this. There's not going to be three teams out of the north. I don't see there being any realistic path to that taking place. Um, just based on even if Lewis and say they slip, yeah, they've got a good record, but at the same time, it goes to scheduling, and you didn't schedule enough five A size schools and get those victories to. Um, boost that max preps rating to get that extra bid in, but um, you know it's uh it's. I like the Bengals um, as good as I say this to and I, I I've done a couple quarter lane games, and they're always like kind of an ugly game. And I'm one. I kept wondering. I'm like, why is this game so ugly? And then I look at the stat sheet and I and I kind of go back through and watch things. And it's like, oh, it's because their defense is really stinking good. And they make really good offenses look marginal. Um, and so I think Cordellane's defense, you know, we talked about it pregame last week, kind of one of our keys, can Cordellane get a takeaway take points? Because they've done it, I think, in three straight ball games, they've been able to get points off turnovers. Um, and so sure enough, right before halftime, they get a strip and Colton Ferrar takes it back to the, the eight-yard line. Cordellane couldn't convert on the on the touchdown try right before the half. Um what some could have said was a questionable strip and, and run. But um nonetheless, Ferrar got a eighty-eight yards on a on a fumble recovery or a strip. And um couldn't get points off of it though. And I think that you know that was the difference in the game, is that we saw quarterly not able to convert there. It would have made it a one possession game at half. Or actually would have I'm trying to remember the halftime so It would have been close. I think it was a two point game at that point if they would have gotten a touchdown. Um but yeah, it's uh you know, just a, one of those interesting games. And, and you know, so coming into Friday night, I like the Bengals. I think they're too balanced on offense. Uh, their running game is really good. We've seen Coeur d'Alene struggle with, with really good running backs because Bustamante ran all over him on Friday night. Lakeland ran all over him earlier in the year. Rigby ran all over him. Um, so if there's an Achilles heel there, it's a good solid running game that they just struggle with. And and can run not just with the running backs with, with the QB and their slot receivers, and they bring in Ricard in there a little bit too. That you know, he can run the backup quarterback comes in. I mean, you could put White in the backfield, they run with him a little bit. So yeah, I like I like the Bengals. I think they're just too multiple that Cordellane's not gonna have the answer. If they're gonna lack in the passing game, which Cordellane's back into that defense is insane. Um I, I just i like lewison's offensive line in that running game
0: I agree I think the defenses are pretty similar uh really good strength up front for both teams um and I, I agree the one Achilles heel for Coeur d'Alene this year has been rushing attacks um it's it's been a problem for them and lewiston i think has figured it out that hey jackson lathan's pretty good we should try to get him the ball as much as we can
1: bum ankle and you're going for a buck 90.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know like i said the the only lewiston game i got to do was all the way back at the start of the year with the rocky mountain rumble and i said it at the time i said i just i don't think they gave jackson lathan the ball enough because he he's such a dynamic player and um, they've obviously given him more and more and more as the season's gone along and uh look out. So so let me ask you before we get to the other playoff scenarios about this scheduling problem that's occurring in 5A football only because 5A is one of only two classifications that doesn't use Max Preps rankings at all. It's all determined on yeah. at large bids your your winning percentage against 5A schools or out of state opponents with five A enrollments, yep, it brings up two different ways you can schedule. Um, let, let let's start with the lane side of it because the Vikings loaded up with five A teams. Uh, they they ran through a gauntlet. They played Rigby, they played Rocky Mountain, they played Union High out of Washington, and they they didn't win any of those games. Though they went one in five against five A opponents this year. If if they lose on Friday night, they will have gone one in five against five A opponents they scheduled the best of the best and it it didn't work out right it was a gamble that they took because it's great to schedule those tough teams but you have to win some of those games so let me ask you is it is it better to schedule a weaker team from boise like we saw lewiston beat capital we saw post Falls smoke smoke timberline timber line. Yeah. is that is that the way to go just to get an easy 5a win coach amos i know would 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 hate doing that because he wants to challenge his team. But now, when you look at what happened here, is is that the formula moving forward?
1: I think so. Um, or you know, we might see him just start bringing the Spokane schools back on the schedule. You know, playing like a Ferris or uh, Lewis and Clark, playing some of the bigger Spokane teams. A,
0: a, a lower a lower end GSL yep. team, right? Yeah,
1: yes. yes. Because well, I mean, look at what Post Falls did, though. They threw Mount Spokane on their schedule. They are Mount Spokane's only loss. Mount Spokane is going and playing Gonzaga Prep this weekend. Both teams going into that game six and one, um, and those are two of the, the powerhouses in the state of Washington. So Post Falls didn't necessarily schedule down. They scheduled up and they won a they won a tough game, close. I think it was like nineteen thirteen or something like that that they beat the Wildcats. But um, yeah, I see. You know, I, I it's not Coach Jamison. To, to, and there's a lot of out there probably draw from if you wanted to cherry pick from like the Tri Cities in Washington or some more from the West Side and like doing home and home series and stuff like that. Or if you wanted to play like the Timberlines and, you know, those of the world. But, um, I don't think that's Coach Amos's thing. And that's, you know, I think the kids like playing the tougher opponents, but at the same time, you know, playoff bids matter. And, and, you know, if you can, if you've got a good program, you got to find your way there. Maybe they, they throw <laughs> I look at it you know where it used to be back in the day you'd throw Appalachian State on your on your schedule not so much anymore obviously um if you're TC, if you're Texas A&M but uh not you know you throw like a, a mid major on your schedule and, and uh and maybe we start seeing some of those I don't know the, you know I think the Vikings might pick one or two up now I think we're going to start seeing Lewiston do away from some of the regional matchups too that they're going to schedule you know, they historically haven't played a Spokane school. They just never do. Um, but I think we might start seeing that.
0: Yeah. We'll get, we'll get to Lewiston in a second. The last piece I wanted to bring up is this. So we talked about this combined IEL 5A4A where Coeur played Sandpoint and Lakeland this year and got two really good games, two very good tests that made their team better. Mm-hmm. But those games ultimately worthless. Again, I've said this, th- this combined league thing has got to go away. I, yeah. I just, we tried it. It just, it, it, to me it's not working
1: you know and it's they didn't play the full slate like quarter didn't play moscow obviously lewiston didn't play lakeland um you know lake city played all all three teams from the four A's. but you know it's like post falls didn't play sandpoint you know they didn't play moscow either they did play lakeland and they took that's you know <laughs> sandpoint one of the marquee losses for the trojans i just look at that and i'm like still scratching my head over that one after what i saw on friday night um but yeah, I think we've got to do away. There's got to be a schedule change. There's we're going to see it in the next couple of years. I think we're going to see a significant shift, especially from the north, um, that more teams are willing to travel now. I think we're going to start seeing it. it. Used to be back in the day, like Lewiston played, you know, they played in that District Three. Like I remember in high school, Lewiston had to play Capital and Centennial and Bora and everybody, like week after week after week, um, just because there was no teams in the north. And yeah. um, now that the the enrollments have balanced and everything, we're going to see a seismic shift.
0: I think so. I think there's got to be a change there. So, okay, let's talk about Lewiston. You mentioned they've had these longstanding geographic rivalries with Moscow and Clarkston. And, like, they played Pendleton, Oregon this year. Well, Pendleton didn't qualify for the enrollment number that's needed to be considered five a so does lewiston i hate to say it but you know does the rivalry with clarkston go away does the rivalry with moscow go away until because until the the schedule if five a continues the way it does with five a winning percentage being the only or the number one criteria used it's going to favor the boise schools it just is because they there's so many of those teams down there that they Play an entire slate of five A opponents.
1: You know the Clarkson game. I see it never leaving. Um, they've played each other 119 times, I think, or 120 times. There's been meetings between those schools. That one they tried to kill. That one Clarkston went to the Greater Spokane League. They tried to do away with it, and you know they got it to stay. Um, I don't think that one's going. I don't think Lewiston's going to play the Moscos. I don't think they're going to play the Pendleton. They can't afford those games anymore. They're going to have to schedule up and play the bigger schools. Um, because if they get snaked bit Friday night, they're going to have to go back, and who do they – what do they look at? They're going to have to look at their schedule, and that's where blame's going to lie, is that, you know, they did go down to Rocky Mountain Rumble and play down there. You're going to have to have – they had Capital come up here. They're going to have to have more of those games. Um, they used to play, like, schools. They used to Nolan, Helena Capital, and some of those teams, you know, and they've done away with some of those historic games that they had played in the past you know, might see them show back up on the schedule. I don't know. You might see Flathead or, or Glacier or some of those schools show up too, Um, but they're going to have to do something.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll say we lost you for a second there, but you were talking about the Montana schools that would qualify for, for a five a. So then Montana, it's double a, that's what would be equivalent to five a here. And you used to see right. Coeur d'Alene would play like Hellgate all the time from Missoula because Hellgate sucks and it's a nice win for them. And, um, but the way it's working in Montana now is that double A classification has gotten bigger as more people are moving out of the rural areas and flocking to the, the big cities in Montana. The number of double A schools has increased to the point where their schedules are pretty much full with with uh, league. Like you're looking at 18 leagues on both sides with seven conference games, and that leaves one non conference state. And a lot of times they're playing somebody from the other division. So the Montana schools, I think are out for now. So it's it's going to have to be Washington and Oregon.
1: You know, the thing too that I look at is that maybe the state changes that rule and they include 4A. Because Eastern Idaho can start making that argument too yeah. about having to play some of the 4A schools. I think that they're not going to... They're not, I mean, you even see it down in Boise that like you've got, you know, some of the 4A schools playing, like BK is playing some of the 5A teams. You know, you're going to keep penalizing teams for scheduling good... opponents like Lewiston playing standpoint, Court d'Alene playing standpoint. Like you don't want to keep screwing these teams over for not necessarily scheduling cupcakes. They're just bringing in teams that are geographically close. So I would see that rule might get tweaked before like you see necessarily nuking a schedule and going straight five teams from one from another state.
0: I just, I, I, I don't know that the rule will change and here's, you know, we're ready for some real talk here and this will upset people in Boise, but that, yeah, you know, I don't know. That Columbia playing all five, of the
1: five, you know? Yeah. I mean, I I mean, you
0: mean. You know, to, to impact a rule change, you have to get a majority of the schools to vote on the change. Right. And where in five, a football, where are, where is the majority? It's, it's in Boise, right? There's 13 of 21, teams are in boise or 13 of 20 or whatever it is they have the majority so why would they change the system when it's benefiting them but the boise is going to get the two at large bids this year unless something really crazy happens so why would they change it again state of Ada, it all flows through boise it all benefits boise there's just not enough other 5a schools to to outvote them
1: so in the next eight months post falls is going to probably vote on a new high school You'll see post fall split in the next three years. Um, Cordellane's going to probably have to put one on the ballot sooner than later as well. Do they? Do all these teams go four A? That's going to be the question in the future. Now is are you going to see all these teams go down a classification because right. the rules favor geographically a split to go four A with all these schools? It'd be interesting to see.
0: Yes, and I've heard rumblings in East Idaho um and again these are just rumors and rumblings but um you know you've got the all these schools in Idaho Falls that are 4A like Skyline Hillcrest uh Bonneville that are constantly juggling between 5A 4A Idaho Falls the goal from what i've heard is that they want all of those 4A Idaho Falls schools to be 5A so there's a super conference in the east that can finally match what Boise's doing
1: in the Treasure Valley
0: but and again so you're looking at 8 or 9 that's for, teams possibly
1: it's, that's- that's a, that's a great podcast between football and basketball season because I, I know. That, then we can bring in my reclassification thing and that would totally, yes. that would back that. It would actually support that.
0: Yes, but I agree. I mean, why would you, why continue to, if you're Coeur why continue to beat your head against the wall in a, in a, a system that is set up uh to favor the Boise metro area? It is, it, yep. it's a problem and it's just, I don't short of changing your schedule to fit their criteria i just don't know what the solution is so anyways it was an interesting conversation uh, somebody is going to be out of the playoffs from up north it's going to be a bummer and uh, spoiler yeah. alert that's not the first time that that's going to happen as we go through the different classifications here so let's let's keep it rolling 4a is pretty much set sandpoint is the is the district champ uh, lakeland is going to get in no. as well and so you were kind of asking me before we hopped on today, you know, like what does Sandpoint have to do to climb up in the max preps rankings right now? They'd be the four seed overall. Uh, Bishop Kelly's one. I don't think that's changing skyline at two and Minico at three, both have tough games on Friday night. And should they lose? Then I think Sandpoint could move up.
1: Yeah, there's, there's a realistic chance that Sandpoint could end up. I don't see them getting to the two line. Um, but I certainly think they could get a, you know, the three is I think realistic. Um but there's there's a lot to be said, you know, with Shelly, they've got a winnable game, in my opinion. I think, you know, Bonneville, do they stay on a roll? I mean, they're playing for you. Know, realistically now playoff seeding, um, which is cool to say for the bees to be there, um, you know, and, and can they can they shock two teams two weeks in a row? I mean, that's there's there's something to be said about that program and what's going on there. I don't know if it happens, um, but that's certainly I don't want to count them out by any means. Um You know, you look at I look at Lakeland and it's like, man, they're number seven in the max preps rankings right now. And the I understand seeding the champions. I get that part, like giving them the top four or five seeds or whatever. It's the next automatic qualifiers getting in. That's just based purely on an allotment. That doesn't make sense to seed them in the top eight when you've got a team on the outside like Lakeland that could get seeded ahead of possibly three of those teams.
0: I, I thought the system last year was perfect. Yeah. Your five your five district champs are the f- top five seeds because winning your district has to count for something. I think. sure. Yeah. And then, and then you seed six through 16 based on max preps this year, they have, they have convoluted it to the point where it is now, Oh, there's eight auto bids, eight at large bids. The eight auto bids automatically get the top eight. Seeds. No, stop so, it. But, but now, yeah. so, but not now. If you're a district champion, you're not guaranteed to get a top five seed. Like Pocatello will win district five and they'll be the eight seed because they are the lowest max preps of the eight, you know, auto bids. I sure. lo- what was wrong with five district champs, six through 16 is based on max preps. If I you think this that the
1: was- district champ is weak, seed them at five, and they're still going to get, they're still going to play, you know, they're going to, we're going to see what a 5 11 matchup. They might get a win in that game. They might lose in that game if they get seeded correctly. Right. You know, and, and we want the best 16 teams in, right? So, like, I I get seeding the champions. I get that part. The seeding the top eight, according to Max Preps, that one doesn't make any sense to me at all. Because um, I look at – there's other teams that could have a beef about this, too, that are on the outside looking and not just Lakeland. Um, but there's other teams out there. And then you have teams that are playing in a just a notoriously – Weak conference i mean we're talking strength of schedule that wouldn't even be in the top 10 in 3a um you know and I'm, i don't want to throw darts at district four but i'm throwing darts at district four <laughs> but you know you've got minico that's doing everything they're, they're playing their schedule obviously you look at twin and canyon ridge is sitting there at five and two but their strength of schedule is like the bottom four in the state so you know they could win realistically and still not make the playoffs. <laughs>
0: Like, and that that is a very distinct possibility. Yeah, correct.
1: Yeah, um, so it's. It, I mean, if I was on Ken, if I was on that team, I'd be like, I'd be ticked. Like, dude, we had two losses on the year. We don't make the state playoffs, and a team with two wins gets in. Are you flipping kidding me? But at the same time, I'd say schedule better, do better, right? Like it's what we're saying for five A two, make it matter. Um, yeah, I I think I, yeah,
0: I think Lakeland is pretty much locked in where they're at i just don't see how they're going to be able to leapfrog even any of the other you know at large teams because of this max preps rating currently lakeland has the second best so they would be the 10 seed um and uh, black uh, everybody loves blackfoot i'll tell you right now i'm not impressed with blackfoot i'm not i really they they've had a tough strength of schedule because they played highland and they played skyline and that you know district six is good but they're yeah. getting this elevated boost. They're so inconsistent. I can't make heads or tails at Blackfoot. That I just don't see how Lakeland's going to be able to surpass them. So Lakeland is if the 10 Bongo seed, beats
1: them, it doesn't surprise me one bit.
0: But I I don't know that that'll be enough to allow Lakeland yeah. to to move past Blackfoot. So Lakeland's gone out and competed against all these 5A teams and ultimately what has it garnered them? The 10 seed. Oh, cool. Great. Thanks. Uh
1: <laughs> so you beat you beat the 5A district champ. You know, yeah. and it's and in that game, it wasn't the score is deceptive. Lakeland beat the doors off of them in that ball game, yeah. And yeah, that's just it's rough. I look at it and it's super. I don't know. Like, I, I want to make beef about this. Why can't we do what we did last year? I thought we had a great tournament last year. I thought it was awesome and it was seated yep. how it should have been.
0: Yep. And so Lakeland, I, I don't know where Lakeland's going to go, but you can pretty much pencil them into the 10th seed. You can go ahead and mark that down. Uh, I think you can take that to the bank. Uh, 3A, let's talk about it. It's it's Bonners Ferry and Timberlake for the district title. Both teams are, are into the playoffs at this point. What's on the line, though, is a, a top five seed.
1: Um, and so
0: I don't know. I still am not sure how this could go. I think the two teams are pretty evenly matched here, right?
1: Bonner's Ferry needs the marquee win. I, you know, yeah, they're undefeated, but you look at who they've played too. They're like, I I was that was what I meant to do before we came on was tabulating the win loss record of their opponents. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're even close to being five hundred. Um, you know, and that's not a knock to the Badgers because they played some good teams. I mean, they beat Kellogg, who's a good team. They're going to be competitive at two A. Um, but you know, so it's their first real test. I watched Timberlake take on South Fremont. The first game of the year i don't know what south fremont's done since i mean i know that they're good but i haven't watched any of their games since seeing them against timberlake and i know what i saw with the eye test i saw two teams that were struggling to have an identity in the first game of the year which doesn't surprise anybody um you know timberlake and i saw them against you know lakeland and get absolutely destroyed in that game so you know it's it's 3A is kind of, I like the Badgers. I think they're the most consistent. I think they've got the best quarterback play. They got the best running game. They have the best offensive line as far as in the North. I don't know what they're going to do come state. I mean, there's there's a lot of, <laughs> you got three really good teams at the top at 3A. Um, and so, I mean, you look at Homedale, you look at Sugar, like those, those are my two picks right now. I mean, depending how, I don't know how it's going to get seeded. They could end up on the same side of the bracket for all we know, but, um, you know, I like the Badgers at least getting to the I think both teams are locked. They're in. You could pretty much put that thing in ink. Um, just who wins on Friday night. It's gonna be interesting to see, you know. <laughs> the Badgers, yeah. I maybe can get a win. I don't I don't know if they play, you know, ball control. They on on a bad field, I would give them the edge.
0: Yeah. I, I also lean Bonners very slightly. Um I I saw Sugar Salem in person last Friday, Ryan. They're
1: they're legit. They're good. Totally. <laughs> they're real real. i will
0: will say that (laughs) uh 2a it's it's all settled up kellogg's your one seed uh and saint mary's by winning that game over grangeville two weeks ago um they're in even if they stub their toe you know saint mary's plays Orofino uh in their regular season finale even if they lost that match at at worst they would be tied with priest river and grangeville at two and two um in the league and and saint mary's beat both those teams so, yeah. and, and, and Orofino, even if they beat St. Mary's would still be three in the loss column. So, so it's locked St. Mary's, uh, is going. Yeah. Uh, that that's awesome for coach Craig Teft and his team because they, they played a really tough schedule out yeah. of the gate and and yeah. they took them a long time to get that first win, but they're kind of building up ahead of steam just in time for the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And like, let's go, I mean, we can go back and look at, at Kellogg, I mean, being the league champs and you know it's the one of the quieter league champs it's just one of those teams i look at a couple of their losses and i'm scratching my head like how do you get blanked in two of your losses this year with that offense um and they've got yeah. dudes they got dudes on dudes on that team i mean you got the luna brothers and then you've got Varick Meredith who's one of the best linebackers in the state any classification so i mean there's there's guys all over that field for for kellogg but it's just scratching my head like you can't have those type of losses that you had like against Deer Park at Bonner's Ferry um, coming back and expect to win a state championship like you, the west side's too good there's other teams out there that are too good you can't have those moments
0: yeah i i'll tell you i've kind of gone back and watched some of the film with kellogg and when they've struggled there seems to be two common themes there's like some dropped passes and there's penalties yeah. penalties have been a big problem for kellogg this year and you're right when you get deep into the playoffs and you're playing Declo, West Side, Firth, Bear Lake, whatever it is,
1: they Definitely are all if you're not disciplined, you're gonna be in a you're gonna be in a hole.
0: Yeah. And they're and they're all ball control teams. So you're the number of possessions that you're gonna have is so limited. You know, you're gonna have maybe in some games you might have four offensive possessions. Yeah and if you don't score all four times, you may have just lost 28 21. Like yeah. I mean I'm serious though.
1: And you've got kids on the team, like Colby Luna's got, I think he's number three in the nation in yards by a wide receiver. Like his yards per catch is number two in the country. Like, like this isn't just, I mean, that's an, I don't care what level you're playing. That's insane to have those type of numbers. Yeah. You're you're too good to have an, an issue to where you go undisciplined and you shoot yourself in the foot and put yourself, you know, and we talked about it post falls that if they're going to struggle, those teams that run the fast pace, no huddle, Lewiston, Post Falls, Kellogg, those type of offenses. If you find yourself third and 15, second and 20, those type of situations, you're you're digging yourself in a big, big hole because you're going to end up finding yourself going three, four and out on five plays because you had a penalty on first down. Um, it's just, yeah, you don't want to put yourself in a hole that way, especially a team that's not going to give you the ball back.
0: Yeah. And if I'm a team from East Idaho and I, I have one of these teams you mentioned, you know, coming, coming to play us in the playoffs, I'm keeping that game outside. I'm not going inside Holt Arena. I'm going to make mm-hmm. Kellogg throw the ball around in, you know, 30 degree wow. weather.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, Lewis, and I think is the only one of those teams I look well, Lewis and Post Falls runs the ball really well, too. So neither of those teams on bad field conditions necessarily scare me too much. Kellogg's the one that I would not want to see inside or on a fast track. Absolutely (laughs) not.
0: (laughs) That this famously happened last year in the semifinals where Lapway, and we'll talk about Lapway coming up. Uh Lapway was playing Raft River in the semifinals, and Lapway had that explosive offense with Titus year out leading the, the way. And uh Raft River said, Uh, we could go to Holt Arena, but we're gonna we're gonna make you guys come here instead and, and play <laughs> play outdoors. And yep. that it worked out well for Raft River. They got the win, they neutralized Lapway's explosive offense. And and yep. so I think that you know, where Kellogg plays is going to be interesting if they get that far down the line. Um, so I, again, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for sure. 1A B one. Let's talk about it. Cami eyes the district champs in the white pine Clearwater Valley is officially second place. Yep. They had a crazy game with Prairie on Friday night where 10 seconds to play Clearwater Valley gets the game winning touchdown on a five yard pass from Louie Fabby to Carson Schilling. Um, this was Prairie back at full strength and they just, unfortunately suffered some injuries at the wrong time. And because of that, they're pretty much out. So here's what I, I I found out uh, talking to people in the white pine league is that Lapway basically owns all the tiebreakers. It doesn't matter who they're tied with. It doesn't matter how many teams are tied for that third and final playoff spot. Lapway wins the tiebreakers. The only way Lapway doesn't get in is if they lose to Genesee, and Prairie or Potlatch or somebody else wins their respective game. That's that's the schedule. That's where yep. we're at with that. So, um, What's going to be interesting is that Prairie plays Logos on Friday. Potlatch plays Kamii on Friday. Potlatch would need a win plus a Prairie and a Lapway loss to get that third spot. Prairie would need a win and a Lapway loss. So you could have those two teams win on Friday night, Lapway doesn't play till Saturday at one. So we might all just be sitting back waiting to see what happens here.
1: It's not Lapway team. I mean, you know, we talked about last year with, you know, dynamic playmakers and you've got another one in Terrell Ellenwood Jones. That's putting up like video game type numbers in his games for the Wildcats. And, you know, it'll be, uh, I like, obviously I like Lapway in that game. I think Lapway is a dangerous team to face in the playoffs too. I think with, with the playmakers they've got around, you know, Ellenwood Jones, and you've got another year out on the team with Elias that's just lighting things up too, and a defense that's finding their stride that gets takeaways. That's you know a team definitely I would not want to play, especially if you if you play a dynamic. The teams that give Lapway fits are the ones that that run the ball extremely hard, keep it on the ground and control. Um, You know that's where you can you can make hay against Wildcats. If you try to out athlete Lapway, you're not going to get them
0: yeah i just I, I would not want to play lapway <laughs> they are played so well right now yeah. uh, they've kind of got it figured out uh d2 you know kendrick plays another t- tico rosalia uh, gets called off in the second quarter you know i think i think kendrick's played three washington teams and i think combined the total time maybe equals one full game maybe i don't maybe, know
1: maybe it's- and they've scored like a like total of 180 some points or something. It's like 200 points in those games. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. I,
0: anyways, I, we beat that dead horse last week. Uh Ken, Kendrick uh, has won the conference. They get a first round bye. they'll get a home game uh, for the quarterfinal round. They will play, you know, if we think the bracket shakes out the way it's going to, they're going to play either Camas County or water Springs. You know, I like Kendrick there. Certainly. Clark Fork officially clinched second place with a pretty big win over Wallace on Friday night. Wampus yep. Cats get a home plant. Skags, we might be sending you up to Clark Fork for the first <laughs> round of the playoff. I'm not joking. Yeah, it, no, that's
1: we, awesome. That's we can awesome. we
0: we can go there and do video coverage. So yeah,
1: so I'm sure they would love to have us too. They'd treat us like royalty rolling into town. So yeah, no, I'm a uh, I'm all for the Wampus Cats. That's awesome for them to get a home playoff win. That's 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 fantastic for that program. Yeah, um, and you know just hats off to that team for just being, I mean, it's, you talk about a rough road the last few years and um, being close. It's like kind of the, the bridesmaid, but never the bride. And uh, they show up and, and take care of business. And, you know, the Wampus cats playoff team. I mean, playoff down. That's awesome. They don't really hear that too often. And uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm yeah. stoked for, for North Idaho football right now, as far as the, the eight man level.
0: Yeah, and and that matchup is already set. You know, Clark Fork will host Castleford, which is you know it's a tough matchup for sure. Yeah. Castleford was a Final Four team last year, um, but good luck. And uh, Mullen Saint Regis uh, won won the district. Of course, they get a first round bye. They will play likely the winner of uh, Garden Valley and whoever gets second place. From District Two, that's really the the only game that's intriguing. Is is Lewis County is going to host Timberline of Weipe on Friday? Winner of that will get second place in the district and the second auto bid. Uh, The more I'm looking at this, you know, early on in the season, I said Lewis County. I really like Lewis County. Ty Hambly their their star quarterback has been out the last several games with an injury and Timberline kind of quietly went through an injury spell of their own middle of the season and they've kind of gotten their guys back so like, <laughs> I'm actually kind of leaning Timberline in this matchup
1: uh, I'm gonna go I'm still gonna stick with with Lewis County I think you look at the the is the sum greater than the you know the of its parts and I I look at yeah, Ty Hamley's great. He's a great player. If he's back, even I think if he's back at half strength or, you know, 70%, I think Lewis County has just got too many other guys on that lineup to to beat. But um I'm gonna go opposite you on that pick this week and and go with Lewis County and take him. I think that you know their record shows where they're at for a reason. And uh they've been still able to play without Ty and still get get some wins. So we'll go we'll go the route of Lewis County.
0: Yeah, they really have leaned on Gage Crow a little more in in the mm-hmm. run game. And, of course, Ryland West is such a great running back for Timberline. Uh, could be a fun game. Timberline looking for their third consecutive playoff appearance, which would be really exciting for a yeah. team that they didn't even have a varsity program. I'm going to have some family
1: over. members of mine that are probably n- miffed at me picking Lewis Camp over Timberline <laughs> since I've got family from up in We hype on the prairie up there. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: hey. You know how business and family, you know, it's, uh, uh gotta, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So, to, and, but whoever, who, whoever wins that game gets a home playoff game as well. So maybe we'll that's
1: send an, you to, we send me to, we, I'll <laughs> take my rifle. if I'm going all the way up there. Um, uh, <laughs> that's off for the crowd. That's just because hunting's too good up there. Um, right. but yeah, no, it's, uh, that's, that's not a, Easy trip for anybody coming across the state, either to, to find your way up to WeIP. That's, I mean, that's out of the way if you live in Lewiston. Um, so that's, you know, we're talking the ultimate home field advantage, I think, if you're going to be playing up in WeIP. Yeah. And technically, that's... it's not even in WeIP, it's between WeIP and Pierce. It's like halfway between each town. Oh, that's cool. I
0: didn't know that. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the out closest...
1: on it's, uh, Highway 11. I think it's like probably five or six miles north of WeIP, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. The,
0: the closest I've been to Wii Ipe is the sign that says We Ipe 11 miles in Orofino. Yeah. Or
1: the bottom of the Greer grade. Yeah. No, that's yeah, uh, how,
0: However far that is. But yeah, Orofino is the closest I've been to Wii Ipe, if that makes
1: sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful area up there. It's gorgeous. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, for sure. All right. Well, that's, uh, we've gone long as always. I, I promise these will get shorter as we get less games to talk about. But. Good luck to the teams up north. It's it's a bummer that we're not going to see more of them in the state playoffs for football. But for the ones that do make it, you know, I think they've got chances. They've all got really good chances to go deep and certainly, you know, Kendrick at the very top, I think. Is, and
1: just to prep some things, I'm not going to show many names on here. I'm going to hold it far enough away so nobody can see their name. I've already compiled my list for all North Idaho football, so we'll have something to talk about in the next couple of weeks too. And I, I look it. at that team and holy smokes, there are some dudes on that team. So yeah. we'll, we'll talk about them for weeks to come. But yeah.
0: Yeah. That's going to be so much fun at the end of the year when you unveil your all, all North Idaho team. It's going to be so much fun. Um yeah. we'll we'll get there. Uh for now, we're just trying to get to the playoffs. So good luck to <laughs> <Playoffs>? good luck. <laughs> Yeah, don't talk about playoffs. Jim Mora.
1: Yeah, Jim Mora. <laughs> playoffs.
0: Oh man. You know, he had another really good quote from back in the day. Uh, you know, we played like diddly
1: poo. We couldn't <laughs> the guy with a quote machine him and Uh, like dennis green but yeah (laughs) yeah
0: for sure so anyways playoffs yes we'll be talking playoffs next week on the north idaho prepcast so uh, we will have
1: brackets next week that's right brackets i'm stoked for it so brackets
0: baney will officially be back
1: you're gonna get that green visor on
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) for sure hey that reminds me real quick friday night all you fans in north idaho from 9 30 to 10 30 pacific time we are gonna be uh doing a live uh twitter twitter spaces that so, was fun
1: that was a lot of stood, fun we killed it when we started talking soccer though <laughs>
0: <laughs> beep 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 yeah, like, <laughs>
1: we flatlined it we <laughs> went from like 14 people to three real quick
0: I think I think the fact that it was, you know, 12 30 at night also had something to do with that. Yeah, but okay, so true. so Friday night on the Idahosports.com Twitter account. We're gonna have a Twitter spaces from 9 30 to 10 30 Pacific time where we are we're breaking it down. You're gonna get our raw, real reactions to what happened. We're gonna have all the IdahoSports.com broadcasters on. I'll be there talking about okay, here's what the bracket looks like, here's where this team's gonna go. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You can uh if you have a Twitter account you can participate you can ask questions you can if you were at a game that we weren't you can give your analysis if you don't have a twitter account that's okay you can still listen you don't have to have a twitter account to listen to the conversation so i want everybody there friday night on twitter the idahosports.com twitter account for our twitter spaces again 9:30 to 10:30 friday night pacific time so yeah going to be a lot of fun for sure
1: yeah that's so. that's going to be awesome i'm stoked and i'm looking forward to being a uh more of a patron this week than a broadcaster so yeah. i'll be listening listening and watching the the Lewis and Quarterline game from my boat while i'm still at fishing so
0: <laughs> sounds like a great way to spend a friday night for sure so yeah we'll see you all friday night and uh next week as well right here on the north idaho prepcast on idahosports.com